0: Chapter 14 The Contract of Life Before Death No sign of Manuka, Otto, or Levi. No sign of any walls either. There was nothing to see until a light flickered on in the distance where a vast room emerged around a yellow lamp suspended from above. We walked forward until a man in a robe stood under this light. Peace be with you, he bowed, and welcome to the house of our Lord. His head was shaved bald, except for a small circle of hair in the very back. "'We're looking for our friends. They just came in?' The man didn't move. His hands were in the form of prayer while we waited in silence. "'Have you seen them?' I asked louder. "'Seen who?' asked the man. Jane's hand squeezed mine tight before we stopped. The man in white noticed our hesitation, and now two more lights were illuminated above a stone altar." Piles of pages were stacked high on top of it. No need to fear. I'm the preacher, he said, and we need to talk about your sole contract. God commands it. What do you mean, contract, said Jane? A contract is a legally binding agreement which recognizes and governs the rights and duties of two parties that's between you and God, and it's all summed up in your contract, said the preacher. Never in all my days had I seen so many pages stacked up high. A few more lights flickered on when a group of short humans wearing gray robes carried a ladder towards the first contract. Who are they? said Jane. God's followers, said the preacher. One of the followers led Jane up the ladder to the very top of her stack. Jane studied the first page. What's it say? I asked. Contract of Adhesion 44981 Transition Plan. So what's this contract business about? asked Jane. If you're going to play the game of life, then it's best you understand the rules, said the preacher. What kind of rules, and why? The first rule is most important, no fire allowed inside the pyramid, said the preacher. Now every light flickered on to reveal the cargo bay entrenched behind the lapis lazuli stones. The preacher pointed to the wall where a giant red X was painted over a symbol of an orange flame. Was this an old temple of sorts? maybe from a foreign land, but it had been modified into a trading hall where merchants would have sold and exchanged goods. Large stone tables showcasing exotic attire, rugs, jewelry, and other precious stones were arranged on each table, but not a single merchant was here. The table nearest me held a variety of tapestries, and behind that was a collection of masks. All around, on every slab, were historical artifacts preserved from a lost world, and so many of them? Not one item was the same. Each and every object was unique or handcrafted. Sign the contract and you can take whatever you'd like, said the preacher. Well, I'm in, said Jane. Where do I sign? The preacher pointed to the bottom of her stack. Without looking at another page, Jane climbed down the ladder and signed the very last page. Then the follower scuttled the ladder in front of my stack. You're not going to read any of it, she rolled her eyes at me. "'I saw Merlinite back there. Do you know how rare that stone is? "'I think I saw tarot cards, too,' she pointed. "'Yeah, and I see a chest full of gold, but it feels a little too good to be true. "'What if it's a trap? "'God doesn't want to trap you. "'He wants to love you and give you everything your heart desires. "'God is good,' said the preacher. "'What a strange dilemma. "'Or was it a bribe? "'Because why give all this away? "'Why not keep it for themselves?' There was a giant crystal boulder positioned in the center of a small zen garden where pure white sand had been combed into circles around it. But what was this nonsense? And how had these followers come to listen to this man? So I can have anything, even this, said Jane. Take whatever you'd like, said the preacher. Jane shrugged her shoulders, then smiled, and made her way over to a table filled with gold, crystals, and precious stones. Her fingers took turns piling gems into her coat. Climbing up the ladder, I studied the word adhesion on the top page. Well, I wasn't going to let one word stump me. Flipping through the pages, I found a detailed agenda and the contents, which included the report number, recipient catalog number, title and subtitle, report date, authors, performing organization name and address, work unit number, contract and grant number, sponsoring agency code, and the astrological sign at which these pages were printed. Of course someone had printed this historical document far better than I have. No surprise there. And as I turned the page, well, you can't forget about the supplementary notes or the abstract either. Yes, the abstract. Now it's getting good. I read aloud. The information supplied in this document, Contract of Adhesion 44982 Transition Plan, is based on established universal practices and lawful rights of the land upon which the contract is to be signed, including any current provisions in regards to the universe which may be deemed necessary by the—wait, what? Sitting on the top step of the ladder, I skipped past the first fifty pages or so and continued to read— The Space and Exploration Committee, documented in the Outer Space Handbook, Series Seven, Section Twelve, Paragraph C through E, beginning on lines 44 through 112, is bound by the endorsement regarding planetary concerns on behalf of the satisfactory approval of current residential leaders, guaranteed by proof of human identity regarding the transition discussion of O-828 solidified by an endorsement of the provisional agenda set on page J29. This contract includes any current celestial bodies and or vessels, including but not limited to nearby astronomic and galactic mass in the nearby vicinity to bind the contract by. My eyes blinked. I looked back at Jane who was holding different crystals up to the light, then pocketing them inside her new jacket she just put on. I flipped a couple hundred pages deeper and began to read again reaffirming the importance of the universal cooperation in the field of exploration, experiences, and use of outer and inner space, including the celestial bodies cited in the Appendix G12 For the resolution on table M313, we request the committee to fulfill the contract upon deliberation of a specialist bound to its legal subcommittee, in an effort to consider the question and elaboration of the drafted universal treaty concerning the global land and its inhabitants through... What the? Yeah, I'm not signing this. The preacher wasn't phased. Instead, he turned to watch Jane, who was stuffing her pockets with more gems. After she ran out of space, Jane found yet another new coat with golden feathers. Is this even my style? yelled Jane. Never mind, doesn't have any pockets. The preacher nodded. That gold is as pure as God could craft it. So you know God, I asked the preacher. I hear his words, so I'm his interpreter, said the preacher. And why's that? Because God commands it, he said. Well, about this contract, I don't even know what any of it says. But she signed it. "'And look what she gets. "'She gets all of God's love,' said the preacher. "'Look at this,' said Jane. "'Is this a samurai sword?' "'Jane, put it back. "'We don't need any of this. "'We don't even know what the contract says.' "'Has anyone ever read through a whole contract?' "'Like ever?' asked Jane. "'One person tried to read it all, "'but after the seventh day he passed on. "'Once he realized we had no food here, "'his body perished rather abruptly. "'If only he knew that brunch was waiting around the corner.' It's too bad because a soul contract doesn't change. Therefore, no need to sign it on the first day, said the preacher. So I don't have to sign it. Oops, did I say that? Well, you should sign it now, because you won't be back here for a while. So it's best to take what you can while you have the chance. You'll have to sign it before you leave here anyway, said the preacher. And where are we? We're in the middle, said the preacher. This is the place where the cosmic lords and goddesses rule. Here, their spirits are incarnated into a living body to rule over all things, all lands, and all creatures. The middle ground is the only way that those below can pass on to the place above. I think I'll wear this. Look at it. Plenty of pockets, said Jane. Jane pulled out a hand-stitched yellow raincoat and slipped it over her other coat to wear with their big red boots. Stepping down from the ladder, I looked the preacher in the eye. Well, I guess I can't sign it. "'Jane was beaming with excitement "'while her pocket swung side to side with plenty of new stones. "'Then God commands it, and God always has his way. "'I'm sure you'll reconsider soon,' said the preacher. "'I guess I could sign it,' I thought. "'But it's about the principle. "'I'm not afraid or anything. "'But all those pages? "'You just wonder what's hidden in there. "'Who cares? "'It's just paper anyways,' whispered Jane. "'In the very back of the trading hall "'was the only door left for us to take.' We followed the preacher when we passed by a stone table as the strangest thing caught my eye. It was a jacket, or a fisherman's robe of sorts, and on its shoulders were two deceased horseshoe crabs. Long tails stretched down to the elbows. The garment was blue with white, and I always wanted a coat of my own. You like that one? whispered Jane. I shrugged. Jane jumped back to grab it. And thanks for all your help, Mr. Preacher. I am feeling a bit cold in here, "'Plus, I've always had a thing for jackets, "'so I think I'll take this one, too.' "'Of course,' said the preacher, not looking back. "'She tried it on, but it was far too big for her. "'I've always wanted to wear someone else's skeleton, you know, "'just to see how it feels to walk inside their body,' said Jane. "'Interesting. "'Never had the thought cross my mind, "'but at least Jane was smiling. "'I looked back at the grand room one last time "'before Jane waved to the followers and the preacher. "'Heading through the back door,' We entered a dark room. After the door closed behind us, Jane handed me the jacket and the lights flickered on. Even more followers were waiting for us in this tiled room. They were adults, I think, or maybe children who never grew into their bodies. All thirty of them were coming towards us when I heard a lock secure the door behind us. Two metal chairs with straps were already waiting ahead, and it was clear that these thirty or so followers were ready to tie us up. I looked for a way out, and there were at least twelve doors all around us, but it was impossible to know where each one went. Every door was unique, and built from exotic wood or metals with the most noticeable entry being a dark staircase descending down into the darkness. The preacher entered through a yellow side door while even more followers came in behind him. Grab that thief. God commands it, said the preacher.